Okay, good morning, everyone. Today is Wednesday, February 24th, 2021, and we have a, a fair amount of news to report for uh, you guys today, so let's uh, let's jump into it. Now, first off, as most people have probably heard by now, Tiger Woods got into a car crash. Apparently, he went into uh, last-minute surgery or, you know, a rushed... So I forgot the forgot the name, the, the term that's used specifically, um, but... He was rushing to the ER, long story short. He's going to be fine. I don't know what kind of injuries he has, and I'm going to be totally honest with you guys. In my opinion, I don't necessarily care, and I'm not saying that because I don't wish him well. I do wish him well, but, I mean, human beings get into car accidents all the time. Why all of a sudden, you know, Tiger Woods, I get it, he's a celebrity, but that's kind of the, one of the things I don't like to cover on the show because of the fact that everyone's like, oh, celebrity, Kim Kardashian got divorced with Kanye, Tiger Woods, but, you know, I... um. I cover it just to cover it, and so we move on. But anyways, I do wish him nothing but the best. But Iran and other world powers are hinting at a nuclear deal. Now, look, this is a bit of a bluffing game. And the reason why I believe that personally is because when I look at it, what I see is multiple countries, South Korea, you know, America, you name it, have frozen assets on uh, Iran and all that because of their nuclear you know, um, enrichment of uranium and all that. But what I also find interesting, too, is that it's like Iran pushes, and then they kind of pull back a little bit. It's a, it's a constant push-and-pull negotiation um, chess strategy, if you want to call it. Because, look, no one really knows right now if Iran has nuclear weapons. Let's be honest with ourselves, right? Nobody really knows. I mean, intelligence might know, but publicly, nobody really knows. So what that comes down to is if they really have it, how much should, you know, the, the, the Europe and the U.S. are thinking, how much would should we, tr like, really push back on them and this and that. But right now, they still have a feeling that they have the upper hand, especially NATO. So we'll see what happens. But that, that's, the, that's the kind of feeling I'm getting when I speculate on that. But anyways, the next thing is that there's going to be a revival into the investigation of George Floyd's death. Look, if enough people call for it, I'm... I'll, honestly, I'm a guy, as you guys know, that has always said, just like with anything, with the COVID masks, with anything, to be consistent, it's very simple. Let's take a vote, or, you know, general consensus, majority wins. If the majority of whoever within, you know, a certain department decided, or, you know, to an, open up an investigation again, then by all means. Now, the question then becomes, was there outside political influence? Was there influence from a corporate donor? Things like this, right? Now, that's the other thing as well. So, it'll be... It'll be very hard to say how, where that comes from. We ultimately don't know. And that's the other thing, too, that bothers me about politics, guys. I mean, we don't know. We can argue about the issues all day. But if we don't know the full play at hand here, all we're doing is we're assuming that they're telling us the truth on the front end. And I'm not trying to get conspiratorial. That's obviously for the for the, the afternoon episodes. Not even. I, I would call it truthful, actually. But what we have to look at here is we have to understand that the mainstream media only reports the public end of things and even then they only report certain angles of the public end of things right which brings me to my next point which is that the media is pretty silent about biden's migrant detention centers now you might say dave okay you know what are you talking about later today we we bring up in the members only episode some of this stuff because it has to do with a lot of interesting factoids if you want to call it but what i'm seeing here is that yes the guardian you know washington post they're covering it but there's a difference between covering it and reporting on the bare raw facts what they're doing is they're covering oh alexandria castle cortez criticizes biden for opening this this migrant detention facility for children all that the point here though is this it comes down to does it get airtime and how much of it 
it's not getting any, at least based on what I see. And I, for me, it's all American news that I watch and world news. So, excuse me, I see the, when the world news, like Sky News, Australia, or, you know, 60 Minutes, or all those, the the BBC, Al Jazeera, when they talk about Biden's detention centers more than Western media, you know there's clearly a, I guess, an influence into the Western media side of things, saying, listen, don't focus on this that much, so, that much, so, now, unless I'm taking things out of context, which I don't believe I am, we got to be consistent. And I would have said this if this was, you know, Clinton and Bush or Obama, you name it. But Trump was the former president. And what we're seeing here is before when Trump was president, it was, look, he's throwing the kids into cages. But now that it's Biden, it's migrant detention facilities for youths. So youths meaning under 18. So kids, detention facilities, are they detention facilities with, you know, foam padded jail, uh, you know, metal bar, uh, full padded, uh, foam padded bars, sorry, or metal bars? No, they're metal bars. So what the hell's the difference? You see the use of the fancy words. That's the thing that bothers me, to be honest with you guys. Again, I'm not taking Trump's side, but I'm definitely not taking Biden's side. And and I got to say, it's consistency. Right. And now you might say, Dave, you just said that we don't know the full story. We don't. But based on what we know, the hell is the what's he doing? Right. So the next thing, if we take a look here, is that the uh, the Department of Justice is messing up big time with the Capitol rioters convictions and sentencing. Now, it depends on how you guys perceive this. And the reason why I say that is because a lot of these people that rioted in the cat and went into the Capitol are actually getting off. And if they're not getting off, they're getting bail by the federal judges when the prosecutors from the Department of Justice are asking the judges not to give bail. And I'll tell you why. Judges are all over the place on this legal ruling for a couple of reasons. First off, the main argument that every single lawyer for these rioters make, and if you look at it, I think the QAnon shaman's lawyer was on Cuomo a couple weeks ago, I think it was, on CNN, and they basically flip the script. They twist it, and they kind of have a, a right to do so, not just in legal theory, because in legal theory, it's all theoretical, right? But the it's all technical as well. But realistically, a lot of them are saying, well, you know, Trump told my client to do this. And the judges are going, pardon my English, The judge in their head, I guarantee you the judges are thinking, fuck me, after the... Um, the impeachment trial of Trump after the Democrats showed that footage, that's great evidence to show that Trump incited the the riots and things like that. So great. And again, we got to be consistent that Hannity, um, what's his name? Steve Bannon, Giuliani, they literally had to admit that that was a fantastic piece of evidence uh, that they showed to argue that Trump incited the the riot. Now, yes, you can argue he didn't, We could argue that, but that's not the point of this. But I do want to say I see both sides. I truly do. With that being said, though, the judges are all over the place because they're saying, look, the president of the United States told him to do this. So how the hell can we rule on this? They're listening to the leader of the free world or at least the leader of this country. And that's why the judges are so much at odds. Not only that, but the judges are also arguing that certain lawyers for on behalf of the the prosecution of the Department of Justice are being inconsistent. Okay, and so this is a perfect example of these capital rioters lawyers, these private citizens lawyers, literally flipping the script and using the same argument the prosecution tried in order to flip the script and say, yeah, they did it. But guess who told them to do it? 
You know what I mean? And so that's what puts the judges at odds. And that's why a lot of these judges are letting a lot of them go. These judges as well are saying, okay, fine. Some of them will keep, but because, you know, the charges might stick, we can see it happening. But if they want bail, they can get it. So it's a big, you know, um, it's a big toss up because again, you've never had someone such as the president incite something like this. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. But the point here is this. It's how someone interprets it and perceives it. It's not for me to tell you guys whether Trump incited the riot or not. I know it sounds like I, I just s said that. But the point here is this. What I'm trying to explain is what the lawyers are arguing, right? And you can make that argument both ways. Very similar to that of, you know, the debate on gun control and things like that. You can flip it both ways. And in a legal technical situation or context, then you can really flip it and argue it. And then these judges are stuck with the decision, right? And so that's the other thing too. Now... Let's uh, let's take a look at the next thing, which is that Prince Philip, according to the palace, uh, has an infection and will and will be in the hospital for several days. Whoopty freaking dude! Like, I mean, big deal, whatever. Anyways, th it's the same thing as the Tiger Woods thing. Honestly, I wish Tiger Woods the best. I, eh, I don't know if I wish Prince Philip the best. I mean, the guy is part of the elite of the elite. Maybe he's not filled in on everything, but come on, I mean, it's just. It's just ridiculous the hypocrisy. I I don't I'm not trying to be someone that says I wish he dies not at all. But do I necessarily have to wish him the best? Eh, it's, it's debatable, right? The next thing is that French actor Gerard Depardieu, hopefully I pronounced that correctly. <clears throat> excuse me, is under investigation for alleged rape and sexual assault. Big freaking surprise. Right? It, it's nothing new. Allegedly he had connections to Epstein's um What's his name there? The French uh, model. Uh, anyways, I totally forgot his name, but the French model scout or the, the modeler or the, the whatever his name was. But long story short, look, it's all a general club, even if a lot of it isn't. It's all just a general club and that kind of stuff. So even if there is no association, let's be consistent. I mean, we take a look at, you know, Epstein's little black book and these types of things of allegations and rape. We're going to see a lot of people who deny to even, who have even met Epstein and things like this. And some of it turns out to be true. Some of it doesn't. And you might say, Dave, what does this have to do with this actor on rape allegations? Well, clearly there's deep connections there. And clearly Epstein being a potential agent for the Mossad is, f you know, or for multiple intelligence agencies. He I got to say he was pretty successful at it. And that's a terrible thing to say, but it's true, right? I mean, assuming he was able to seduce these these powerful people in these kind of ways, right? Who's to say this actor wasn't part of that? But anyways, the next thing is that housing market concerns are emerging again in the U.S. as well as Canada too in the West. What a lot of people are seeing is the reoccurrence of what happened back in 2007 and eight. And what we're also seeing here is that we're noticing instead of every, you know, 60, 70, 80 years of the this house, housing market crash and things like this, it's now happening every 10 years because there seems to be the constant manipulation. And I'm not a, an expert on macroeconomics and things like that, but there seems to be the constant reoccurrence of the rich getting greedier and greedier and, you know, using loopholes to get through regulations and things like this. And so we're seeing that and th that's going to be the result of it. I don't know what else I could say. The next thing is that the GameStop CFO has resigned. I think it was yesterday he stepped down. I don't know specifics, so I don't want to comment on things I don't know. But I mean, I, maybe if there's controversy, I mean, this is a perfect example of the media hammering and coming down on many different um, companies and things like this that impose an implicit threat. Not directly, but subliminally to say, listen, back away from the situation, right? <clears throat>
the next thing is that the social media site Gab, which, by the way, Gab is um, staunchly free speech. I wouldn't say that they're necessarily right-leaning or left-leaning. In fairness, though, when people do incite violence and stuff on Gab, um, excuse me, when people do incite violence and that kind of stuff, they do take some time to remove it. And I gotta, we got to be consistent. We got to look at both angles here. But... They do end up removing it, like when people try to dox each other, things like that. But the point of Gab is essentially another version of Facebook or Twitter, totally uncensored. They're just, the owner of Gab is just staunchly free speech. But anyways, uh, Gab was banned from three banks in three weeks because of mainstream media smears, pretty much saying, you know, look at Gab and this and that. This is how they do it. And I'm not even trying to sound conspiratorial. They imply and they bring it up on mainstream media channels and networks. And then these other major... um, companies say oh you like banks and you know like for example with the whole thing with parlor amazon servers and all that they say these things and they look and they go okay they, they watch the news and they go okay we'll, we'll remove them and this is the thing this is the problem i have and this is my opinion but and this is what kind of frustrates me i'm not talking left or right or whatever everybody said and what we can ju- we can argue about whether it's justified or not, but let's just say everyone said to all the people on Twitter who are not happy with the censorship, which generally seem to be those on the right, but it's some on the left, some in the center too, not going to lie. But those on the right that are not happy, everybody said, and the mainstream media said, if you don't like it, go somewhere else. And that's what they did. They went to Parlor. That's what they did. Now, you could say, okay, fine, that's their own version of cancel culture. Guys, I'm not trying to argue politics right now, not left or right. Very simple. A bunch of people said to another group of people, if you don't like it, go somewhere else. They did. They went somewhere else, and that that somewhere else, I'm saying with air quotes for those listening audio, that somewhere else was Parler. And then Amazon shuts down the servers of Parler. Now, yes, in pure theory, they can do that because Amazon's a private company. They have the right to do that and things like that. But it's companies like Amazon, the, C- the executives. They watch CNN. They watch MSNBC. They watch these, these, um, these networks, and they look, and they say, you know, oh, shit. Gab is not, you know, Gab's not good, da-da-da. It's the heads of these banks that watch the mainstream news because they have it in their office on their TV all day long, just going and running. They look up from their desk and they see, oh, Gab, oh, shit. Doesn't Gab have an account with us? Oof. I don't know about that. I, I would bet that's the way it goes down. That's just my opinion, but that's maybe that's an oversimplification. But in my opinion, that's generally the way I think it goes down. So... The next thing is that Twitter was called out for a double standard because they marked, uh, they, they flagged a legitimate article by the Gray Zone that claimed that certain intelligence agencies were. were trying to weaken the Russian state. Oh, uh, why, why was it flagged? I mean, I get the double standard. Tw- anything with Russia, Twitter's pretty much flagging, which. I mean, if you want to talk about having peaceful relations, that's not exactly the best way to do it. Even if Russia did interfere, collude, hack, what you name it, right? When we look at all this, I have to take a step back and say, okay, the double standard here, and this is my opinion, and I know you guys want to hear it, so I'm going to say it. The double standard is clear. Anything with the word Russia from a verified account or not, or a verified news source, authentic, legit, or independent, Twitter goes, no, I don't know about that, right? Just because it says Russia in it. And also Twitter flagged it because Twitter has a little bit of insight onto the intelligence operations because you don't think Twitter's helping the intelligence communities through the use of social media suppress Russian, you know, state and influence and things like that as revenge for what Russia possibly did? Sure. But my problem here is this, and this has to do with the double standard. When you look at the Russian investigation, 
there's a lot of legitimate points, I'm not going to lie, but there's a lot of, part of my English, made up bullshit as well. And I say that for this. This is, I don't care if Russia did it or not. We're past that. The point here is that I get it. They need to pay a price if they did something, rightfully so. This is where I agree with the left on this. But the point is that if you want to have healthy relations with Russia in the long term, this is not going to help it. Right. And, that, and then you might argue, OK, Dave, you're saying that we should kind of cave into Russia. No, but let's be consistent here. Right. And so my point here is this. And I think this is where I take more of a, progr- a progressive liberal uh, stance. But I do have to say it again, my opinion. We have someone like Julian Assange who has been in jail and, you know, isolated and things like this in, in certain embassies for years because he couldn't leave the embassy or else he'd get arrested you know, for technicality reasons and all that stuff, he will, he refused to give up his sources from the WikiLeaks thing. But what he did say was he guaranteed it was not Russian, um, R- Russian state or Russian intelligence, anything Russian, whether or not you believe in that's one thing, but Julian Assange spe- is in jail or he's been locked up for years going mentally insane. Okay. And because he won't divulge his sources regarding the Hillary Clinton WikiLeaks dump, However, when the CIA comes out and says, we got two anonymous sources and we can't say who they are because we got to protect their identity, but they told us Russia did it. Who do we believe here? The guy who's in jail for defending and not wanting to tell his sources or the CIA who, yes, in a lot of ways, they do help, you know, protect the West. And I appreciate that. But at the same time, they lie to the public like there's no tomorrow as well. I don't care if it's for our own benefit or not. When you lie that much, you're not to be trusted when you say, oh, we got two anonymous sources here. You know what I mean? Did you just make it up? Just like the Iraq WMD? And look, I get it. That was a different time, different people, different administration. I understand that. But you have to, we got to be consistent here. And there's no consistency unless we know the full truth. And we'll never know the full truth. You know what I mean? And that's the sad thing. The next thing is that Obama and Bruce Springsteen started a podcast. Okay, great. And finally, South Korea will unlock $7 billion in Iranian assets after consultations with the Biden administration. Again, like I said at the beginning of this episode, it's a chess game. Push, pull, push, pull, leverage, negotiation, feel it out. Little bit of theory with a little bit of street smarts. How much do they have? You know, uranium nuclear wise. Can they, you know, but Iran is also saying the U.S. has stupid amount, a stupid, a ridiculous amount of nukes. So they can literally blow us out of the water, literally and metaphorically, if they really wanted to. So, so that's it for today's episode. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed. For those of you who are members on Patreon and stuff, we got a fantastic episode coming out later today. And also the afternoon episode as well, too. So if not, we'll catch you guys tomorrow. If not, we'll see you guys later this afternoon. Cheers.